Hello, this is Bob. And this is Jordan. And this is Shop Talks Podcast. And we're hanging out here at uh, Boise Tattoo Company in Boise, Idaho. And um, we don't have anything specific to talk about tonight. Just going to hang out and shoot the shit and have some fun. Yeah, and see what uh, happens. Yeah. Well, I, I made a post yesterday. I said, well, we'll see. What, I don't have any plans because tangents. Tangents. So that's what I said. Tangents. So. That's, that's usually the only plans I have. Tangents. <laughs> tangents. Um, yeah, man. I think there's it was a, good. There's a scene in my favorite show, Scrubs, where she, she, she takes the word. That's your favorite show? Scrubs? My favorite show, oh. Scrubs, yeah. And uh, so she, one of the characters takes, uh, she's a, an add-in, you know, just a short-term customer, or, uh, actor in the show, and, and she, I don't remember what word she says, but she says it over and over and over. Tidbit, that was the word. Tidbit. Tidbit. Think about the word tidbit. Where did that come from? Tidbit, tidbit. Tidbit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, where did it come from? You can't tell a story like that and then not tell me where the word tidbit. I think came it's from. a porn phrase. Really? It, it, yeah, it's just the tidbit. The, the tidbit. Is yeah. that like just like? Yeah, if they just get the tid of the bit in. Could be a fucking porn <laughs> phrase. Now I gotta now I gotta understand the etymology of this term, sir. You can't be like bringing up terms like tidbit. <laughs> we need a genie like. Uh, not we, knowing what they fucking mean, tidbit. We need, we need a Jamie like uh, fucking Rogan has. <laughs> Take a look at that. Well, I want to. I, I want to know where it came from, though. I know what a tidbit is, but. The etymology of tidbit. Oof. All right. I may or may not be back. My truck's in the back, so I mean, I'll be back for the truck. All right, Mike. All right. Take care. Well, it's my dad. He, my dad has an etymology for the word expert. X is informer, spurred is water under pressure. So there you go. You're a former drip of water under pressure. Yeah. So. Okay, here's this. Mid-17th century, as in tidbit, tidbit from the dialect, tid, tender, of unknown origin, bit, the tender bit. Well, that's interesting. So it really probably doesn't have the same connotation as it used to. Use over time. Hmm. So it means uh, it's more popular now than it's ever been. Can't say that for all words. That's very true. Uh, what's the most popular word in the English language right now, though? I guess is a good question. I have no fucking idea. Probably fuck. Probably fuck. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right, Mike. <laughs> I'm sh- I'm sure it's it's got to be some. That's actually a part of an interesting conversation to have about words. Like words that have taken on a meaning. So I'll give, me, I'll give you a prime example of something mean? that in my Bible studies has occurred to me. Kay. Okay. The, the name Lucifer. Yeah. Okay. When you look at the name Lucifer, everybody automatically thinks of the devil or Satan. Sure. Okay. So his name was Lucifer and he was cast out. Uh-huh. Okay. When he was cast out, he became unworthy of his name. Right. Think about that. So really, his name isn't Lucifer anymore. Sure. So to use the word Lucifer, you could use it in the context of the story of him being cast out of heaven. But technically, and he, he probably would even consider respectful to just call him Satan, or you know. Yeah, but it's like well, master. Isn't it like Lucifer means like uh, light, uh, like uh, son of the morning, son of the morning, or son of light, or yeah, exactly. something like that. Exactly, and, and he's, he's like not Luke's. that anymore. Light, light bearing, light morning, morning star. Yeah. 
light bringing morning started yep yeah exactly yeah so so you just mean like words that have transitioned like or that the meanings have transitioned around or you mean like specifically like when something has occurred and thereby like changed drastically people's interpretations of a particular concept what do you what do you mean well i mean this the 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 dynamic of a word changing well they change all the time that's I the know, thing about the words all words are, are like stuck in this place now of a kind of well i semi fluid meaning especially with the way that we tend to well it's like the word sex yeah and and when i say the word sex i mean gender what, sure. what's become gender yeah it still says on most forms sex sex and uh -huh. it's m or f yeah the my mother when i was in high school she said the word gender was dangerous she thought the word she, gender she suggested back in those days that the word gender was dangerous because Why? it gave an opportunity to be ambiguous with gender with sex with what the, what you what, what you might yeah. consider male to female uh-huh yeah yeah, well, I think that, you know, me and your, your grandma probably share some similar opinions on a lot of that. Not that I think that gender is a particularly dangerous idea or term, but that I think it does become a slippery slope yeah. when you start to um, well, it's just allow social pressures to determine the value and the meaning of words and phrases. Yeah, exactly. I mean... It's, um, they should be exacting. Well, you and know, I think they should be not concrete, but definitely more fixed than they are currently. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I don't want to devolve this into, you know, some kind of, you know, bashing of, or I'm not trying to bash anybody or anything like that. I'm, I'm just having a conversation. So I'll give you another example of, of how words have evolved, okay? So when I was in the Army, um, I was stationed in Virginia my last year. I was in the company, and there was a, a young African American man. And my was he African American or was he black? He was black, actually. So I don't know. This is the problem with actually, these, these actually, words. He was actually black. If he's he from fucking Cameroon, or if he was from fucking Nigeria, and he moved to America, then he would be African American, and that would not denote skin color, and it shouldn't. Well, if it, he was black, he would be black, have, and that's my point. There's plenty of white African Americans, yes. but there's plenty of black people who aren't African American. They're just Americans. They're just black Americans. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree, because I mean, I've seen lots of YouTube videos of, of black men and women saying um, Africa's a continent. Yeah, I'm not from so Africa. I'm not from Africa. Yeah, and this is the problem with and, like and, white people trying to right. determine the rules for everyone like yeah. i'm white i will determine the rules for everyone i'll make sure everyone is safe and everyone's emotions are protected and everyone's nobody's feelings will get hurt because i i'm the most politically correct most wonderful fucking subaru driving okay. golden retriever owning okay fucking Drinking all of the fucking wine at Whole Foods, like, okay, great. I'm glad you're protecting the fucking world, but why don't you shut the fuck up about what other people need, and you can let them speak for themselves? Well, I, you know, uh, a good friend of mine used to talk about. He was talking about social justice warriors, and he said, "Hey, look, if you want to be a social justice warrior, that's great. Pick one lane. Yeah. 
be a social justice warrior for one issue and let whatever every, yeah. like and please educate yourself on it like in a real way yeah yeah. Not like, oh, I'm going to jump the bandwagon. When did you learn about that concept? Four days ago? Three months ago? Yeah. So you've been fighting for the equality in this particular area for like four days, and now you want to attack all these people who maybe, you know, maybe they don't know anything about it. Maybe they know a lot about it. Who knows? But I, I think that, yeah, you get, so, you get caught in a sil slippery yeah. slope when you start changing meanings and of terms and words to accommodate the perceived yeah uh social need well this black this young black man i knew in the army yeah uh, my stepdad had come to virginia and hung out with my mom they drove all the way from from i from oregon and to, to virginia and uh so he's playing pool Dwayne was a pool player mm -hmm. and i don't i unfortunately don't remember the young man's name but he was a great pool player too, so Dwayne loved playing pool with him. And uh, so they're standing there one evening, and there was the day, the mill, it was the it was the barracks day room. Uh -huh. And uh, he kept saying, "Well, you colored people," and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that guy's gonna kick my ass later." So I went up to him later, and, and I don't know why I'm I was sure so, didn't fucking care. He didn't. He was like, "Dude, he, that's that's what that's what we were when." I don't know if he said it that way, but he said that's his generation. Yeah. That's what that's what his generation called black people back then was colored people so he said it was no big deal at all and I, I, I was like oh okay so I was like oh well I, I you know let me go wash this egg off my face and take my foot out of my mouth now you know well I mean the point is like not to say that like you shouldn't ever like speak and and try to hurt somebody with your words that's not that's not the goal, right? That's right, never exactly. my goal. That should never be your goal is to like say something hurtful to another person, you know, to try to injure them or try to hurt them or try to make them feel like shit. That's not the goal, right? Exactly. But like conversely, like as an individual, I try to recognize that loads of people have loads of different backgrounds and experiences that might inform the way that they speak. And like, I'm gonna try to look at somebody's meaning try to look at their intent and try to look at their understanding and try to look at like how they actually feel their attitude you know and who they are because it'd be the reason that that guy didn't get offended and didn't care was probably because your friend wasn't being offensive yeah he was being polite he was telling a story Dwayne he was, was telling, telling a story yeah, my stepdad was telling yeah. a story yeah and he just happened to say colored people right and he didn't have a problem with it, not because that term, colored people, is inherent, it's not inherently offensive. You can't say like, oh, that word is inherently offensive. No, no, sorry, no, it's, it's not, right. it's not. What's offensive is what is your intent? Like, I'm sure if your stepdad had been being rude in, in using that term, he would have taken offense, right? And, and properly so, because he was trying to offend him. Yeah. Right? But like, um, there's loads of different ways to use the language, and yeah. uh, it's been ever evolving. Running on, uh, what do they call it? I can't remember the name of the researchers who fucking coined the term, but the uh, something along the lines of like, basically word treadmill 
etymological treadmill, yeah. Lex, you know, uh, but basically talking about like the circulation of terms from specific scientific, medical, or exacting definition or explanation to a phrase of insult to banned from the lexicon. And so then they just put a new technical phrase in and yeah. then that phrase gets appropriated or that term or that word gets appropriated to make fun of people or to fucking be demeaning. Yeah. And then it gets pulled out of rotation. And you just keep doing this over and over and over again yeah. with words, like it's somehow the word's fault. Right. It doesn't have anything to do with the word. It has to exactly. do with the intent of the person who's trying to be insulting, right? Because the word didn't start out as an insult. The word didn't start out as offensive. There's nothing offensive about the word, any of the words that we quote unquote find, if we, any word that you find offensive, there's nothing directly offensive about it. It's a word. Yeah. What's offensive about it is the connotation, is what you think of when yeah. somebody says that word. Yeah. And the reason that those connotations are there is because as a society, we take words and we move them from an exacting description to an insult to out of favor or not politically correct. And you just keep circulating buckets and buckets full of fucking useful words and you just keep pushing them over into the not correct pile. But the funniest thing about that is that after they sit in that fucking, that uh, politically incorrect uh, penalty box after the words sit there for a while and think about what they've done yeah then they they get to re-enter the lexicon again and nobody cares because they are not they're no longer offensive it's been long enough that they're not offensive anymore yeah you know well I mean if you look at I mean there's certain words that have changed over the years gay you used to be just a happy you used to be unhappy yeah, you know, and 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 it's. I don't think anyone's saying gay is offensive. I don't think gay is like an offensive term. I don't know. I don't think. I mean, there's offensive ways of using it, like you say. I mean, some people are offended by saying, you know. Yeah, like when you say gay, if you use gay as like an yeah. insult or yeah. like to say that something is like not good. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Yeah. I grew up saying it. It's gay. That's gay. Whatever. I don't fucking care. That's your, yeah, that's like, your age group. Yeah. That's just like. Got loads of gay friends. I'm a bit gay, not like all, not like all the way, but you know. Anyway, point being, like I don't, whatever, who cares? Like, is that person like specifically trying to tell you that they think that you're somehow terrible or less well, than? It or, goes back to the value of who you are, anyway. You know. Well, it goes back to like being able to understand that for yourself and not like being offended by somebody's use of some word that was never directed at you to begin with. Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't know. I can't remember the last thing that I found offensive. I rarely find things offensive because I just don't try to, quote, find offense. Yeah. So, like, if somebody is specifically trying to offend me, then I'm sure I'll take offense. But other than that, like, I don't, I, I hear this all the time. People go, oh, I, this is so offensive. Or I saw this thing and it was so offensive. And I found this thing and it triggered me and it, this and it, that. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you wandering around just constantly being offended and triggered? And yeah. like, that sounds terrible. Why don't you just not 
Why don't you not? I don't know. Well, are you you're anxious and you're depressed? What do you do? Well, happy it just seems like people are going around. You can't focus on anything else. The other things that the other than things that make you triggered or piss you off. Well, you know, get out of the easy. politics. When you get, get in like this, when you get into like a fucking victim mentality, it's I think it's a lot easier for people to feel like offended and quote victimized. Yeah. That's that's mentally lazy, right? It's not an easy thing to do to hear something or to see something that you could consider offensive, but then to have to take a couple steps back, be objective like we talked about before, try to look at it and try to look at yourself and go, why does this bother me? Why am I upset right now? Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, because that word, that well, that's a word. What about the person who's saying it? Like, are they saying it to you? Are they trying to offend you specifically? Are they trying to offend, are they just talking bad about your race or your sexual orientation? Or um, are they actually purposefully being insulting? Or did they just say a word that you think is socially inappropriate? But they didn't actually say anything offensive. Yeah. It's not like, then you have to start thinking. You have to make all these value judgments, right? And who the fuck wants to sit around and make value judgments in the middle of the day well, when you can just be pissed off? Aren't, aren't value judgments really just mental gymnastics? I mean, you're all, I mean there's, there's lots of different examples of mental gymnastics. I don't think so, gym, no. Those, those kind of mental gymnastics are kind of detrimental. I think it's important. I think being able to sit and make like value judgments are important. You have to be able to look at that and go like, is that person being a fucking racist piece of shit? Or did they just grow up in 1930s Dust Bowl America and now they're 97? You know what I mean? Like, what, what is happening here? Right. You know, is this person actually a bigot? Is this, does this person act, is this person, um, or does it meet your does it meet your criteria to be able to make yourself morally superior to that person because you don't agree with him? Well, here's the thing too. It's like, all right, so you know, you don't agree with their ideas. That's great. This is the other concept that I'm talking about. Maybe they are. Maybe they are a fucking bigot. Maybe they're a bigoted piece of shit who's just spouting racist fucking crap on their newsfeed, right? Yeah. Is it better if you're offended? Like, is your life better to be offended by that? Like, yeah, it's wrong, that person's an asshole. But that happens all the time. Like, if you spend your whole life getting frustrated and offended and, and all fucking irritated and, and anxious, Every single time you encounter something that's wrong, you're just gonna be fucking pissed off your whole well, life, I mean, all the time. If 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 you're if you're spending all your time looking for everything that's wrong in this world, then what are you gonna find that's right in this world? You well, and this is the thing. It's not. I don't. Once again, I don't. Like I said, I don't think that we should 
sit around, stick our heads in the sand and pretend like nothing's wrong. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is that like when you do encounter something that's wrong, like especially on the internet, you're not gonna fucking change that person's mind. Yeah. Well, there's no. You're not gonna put a. What are you gonna no do? You're gonna, you're gonna. You're gonna bust out a little sassy little comment that's gonna like turn their bigoted world upside down. No. Well, well I have a friend who is an atheist. He posted this this Mormon this anti Mormon meme because that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And it's this three switches where it says certain on each one of the lines that would be pro Mormon. But none, you can't line the three up. All three is either one over and, and all two over, or two are over and one's over, which the, the one that's over ruins the whole premise. And I asked him, I said, you're an atheist. Why did you post this? And he gave, he said, he gave me a reason why he posted it. And I didn't grief him on it. I didn't agree with him because I'm Mormon. But I just said, okay, thanks. That's I just reason. Wondered, I, understand, I understand why he posted it. Yeah. That's all. You know, and and he and I have this kind of relationship on the internet that I can, I can. But it's not a problem. Kind of, yeah, it's not, it's a, not problem. a fucking problem. That's a thing, and it's not a problem for you to be like, oh, weird. Somebody disagrees with yeah. me. Well, somebody thinks differently and, and than frankly, I do. That's probably like, that's probably one button for me that I get over pretty quickly. But my first instinct is to be like, what do you care? You know, you're not Mormon. What do you care? I believe what I believe. Leave me alone. Leave leave the church. Leave my church alone. And, and at some point, I'm like, eh, they can believe what they want to think. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. In no. the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. No. So. And, and, like, if you hope to draw people to your cause, whatever that is, whether it's, whether it's Mormonism or intersectional feminism or what, or, you know, you... You have to be endearing. <laughs> you have to not be a fucking prick. You well, have to, I, like, it, it should be your goal right. to be unoffended. Yes. It should be your goal to be at peace with the fact that people think and feel well, differently than you do. Because when you do that, you'll be able to find the more important thing. And that's not how you're different, but how right. you're the same. Yeah. And if you want to bring people into your fold, if you want to gather people to you, to your cause, whatever your cause is, okay? To do that, you don't want to be divisive. You yeah. want to be inclusive. Yeah. And the best way to do that is to go around and not be offended and to treat everybody with love yeah. and to try and show these people how awesome it is to be not that. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's not it's 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 very yeah, it's very strange this idea that like, oh, I can fight anger and negativity with more anger and yeah. more negativity. Yeah. Like Well, I want I, I, I do want to say that the guy who posted that, that I'm talking about is really really good friend and I have a lot of respect for him and his views. And and he does post a lot of things that I don't agree with, but I like to read those things because it helps me understand other perspectives. Well, you have to know why it's you like don't agree to with Jimmy him. Dore. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't be like, oh yeah, it's just an anti-Mormon meme. Yeah, you got to understand. That's you why. Should, I why don't me. you understand that's the exactly fucking thing, I asked right? Him. Like, yeah. And that's the. And now you could have looked at that as a Mormon and gone like, well, it's an anti-Mormon meme. That offends me. And, <laughs> and maybe didn't bother to understand the concept or what was trying to be explained by it, yeah. whether or not it's anti-Mormon. 
and you didn't understand why this guy posted it. Now, those are probably two important things to understand, especially if you are Mormon and this is a friend of yours, right? Yeah. But yeah, I think all too often people, you want, you see something, it goes against what you believe or you, or really it is a, it is a fucking piece, you know, yeah. a piece of shit. Well, it believe- is some fucking, some terrible stuff posted by some terrible yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. You responding, you getting offended, you getting triggered by that, it only hurts your cause. Yeah. It only hurts you as an individual. If you want to go out and talk about not what separates us, not what divides us, we want to go out and find what connects us. Yeah. We want to find where the common ground is that we can all stand on. Because when we find that, you find that common ground, and you start to have a conversation based around it. That's when we can fucking move past this shit. No, yeah. you're, you're never gonna get everybody in the world to, here's, here's the thing. I would like everybody who has a cause to just listen for the next two minutes. If you're a, you know, anti-racist or you're a, you know, you want uh, gender equality or whatever you want, whatever your fucking cause is. Nobody's ever going to agree with you. Like, in, it's in, in, the, in the entirety of society. You're not going to get everybody to think the way you think. Right? You're not even going to get most people to think the way you think. This is, the, this, is the, this is the thing that I think most people who, quote, have a cause, whatever that cause is, have trouble coming to terms with. Like... Oh, I, because you talk to loads of different people and I'm talking, everything across the board. I'm not singling any particular cause out. But people think like, oh, if I can just get them to think how I think. Or (laughs) if I can just, you know, like, no, everyone needs to think this way. Why? You don't want to live in a world like that. You won't. It's not going to happen. So stop. Stop trying. Stop trying to make everybody think the way that you think. Stop trying to, stop trying to force it and start trying to go, what do, we, what do we agree on? I know we disagree on this. What do we agree on? Let's talk about that. Let's find that common ground and then build from that. You're never, whatever your cause is, you're never going to get everybody to agree with you. Right. You're never going to fucking get everyone well, on the bandwagon. It shows a lack of objectivity though. It's that word we keep coming, it's that nail you got to pound in a hundred times yeah you got to be objective if you're objective you'll realize that that comment wasn't meant to offend you or that comment wasn't even meant to be offensive or you'll realize that like no you're not going to gather everyone into your fold and you'll stop trying because well that's what facebook is is a tribal it's total tribal you might get somebody that comes in and, and counters your discussion with or without a good argument okay but the fact of the matter is the majority of the people who post on your threads are if they're like-minded that's all you've done is you've you've called out you've called all of yourself out from the rest of what society really could be sure 
Well, no, I mean, this is this is a problem with like creating for yourself with these, you know, social networking platforms, what you call like echo chambers, yes. where people can fucking, Good phrase. you know, they have a lot of, there's lots of different people with opposing ideas, but they're normally in their own areas, right? It's like very rarely are they like in these large communities that are enmeshed. It's normally like, well, we got a bunch of Republicans and they all follow these Republican commentators and political people and they all kind of stick to their group over here. And what happens is we all bounce all these things around and they all, everybody says the same thing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, echo chamber, and you just reinforce that. Right. I don't, well, I, I mean, I have plenty, that. I have plenty of beliefs and ideals, but I try to get everything, get all of it. I don't, um, yeah. If you, if you sequester your ideas, the, and then they will be untested when you need them, you yes. know? If, you, if you're constantly... Um, protecting and fostering this little ideology of yours and, 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 and sheltering it from dangerous and opposing views, then it it'll it will be weak and untested when you desire it to be yeah. strong, and that's a problem. That's a problem I think with most people. The way that most people build their opinions about things is they build them in these sheltered echo chambers. They build their opinions on whatever whatever current problem of the day inside of this little closed off group yeah. underneath this roof that keeps all of the rain of opposition off of their idea, but then it never gets to grow any fucking legs. It never learns how to well, fucking it run. Root. It doesn't take root. You know? No rain, so like, no root. It doesn't fucking... Do you know, so, you know, like, if, if it's... So, yeah, yeah. So it's, let's, let's it's look at... problematic. In, in Peterson's book, 12 Rules for Life, he talks about one of Freud's uh, mentor or mentees, mm -hmm. and I don't remember his name, but he the phrase life lie I think it was life lie mm -hmm. and that's basically what we're talking about is that you've created this idea he uses the suggestion in the book when you're six or when you're 18 you say I'm going to retire by the time I'm 52 okay yeah. you don't know that you're 18 you don't know what your 52 year old self is going to be what they're going, who you're going to be like, what you're going to be like, you're what, to what you're going to experience. Yeah, are you going to live to be 52? What are you going to experience between 18 and 52 that actually will help you maintain that goal? Mm -hmm. You have to be, you know. So I mean, it's a, it's an admirable goal, but maybe you need to make sure that you have a better plan than just that, because you, you, things can fall in place or things cannot fall in place, and then you feel like a piece of crap when your goal doesn't come to fruition. It's detrimental to you, and that life that becomes a lifeline. Because everything that takes you further away from your goal, and you still cling to that goal, your goal becomes a lie. Then, I think that's what he meant. And maybe I'm maybe I'm hmm. embellishing it, or maybe I'm making it more complicated than it really is. So, in, in my in for me, I've realized this week that I had that kind of thing going on for me. Uh -huh. Okay. So I always talk about, I've done customer service for 21 years. I worked on the phone for 21 years. What I've realized this week is that. Well, I had a bad 
I had some bad experiences at work and I got frustrated with combination of things that were happening happening to my job and I got angry and I got angrier and angrier so I would express things to people to try and tell them my concerns mm. and then they would go to upper leaders and say well Bob's saying this and disparaging other people and being negative mm -hmm. when I wasn't being negative I was trying to work out for myself what's going on realizing that you know, I can't tell myself, I can't say to myself, you're not being objective, Bob. Screw you, Bob. I am, I am right. You know, because that's what I was doing, is saying, well, I don't think you're being objective enough. No, screw you, you're, you're, you're right. And, and then I, so, and we talked about this before we started this. So I had to, I actually had to, it took me like three or four days. I mean, my wife, Autumn, God bless her, listened to me whine and complain be angry for the last three days and she she was smart enough to just let me talk and not give me any feedback about play devil's advocate to make me think yeah about it because when you're when i'm in when i am personally in that mode if you give me feedback that i don't want to hear well i'm not talking to no you. you'll get there oh you, i'll i just have to get you'll there. get there but, but it just takes me a little bit longer because like, you're gonna piss yeah, me okay, off bob. yeah okay bob yeah okay bob sure so it, what happened was that i I was texting Autumn from work and I said something to her about, I, I, I resolved to not do anything else at work to be helpful except to just do my, put my head down, do my job and do the best I could, okay? Yeah. But at the same time though, I'm realizing at the same time, well, what is the best I can do? You know, if, I, if my goal is to actually be a better person and to move beyond, you know, pettiness and being mean to people and being actually being kind again, like I've always wanted to be, you know, is that a, have, I, have I created a self-lie in myself? And what I realized though at work is that, oh, well ultimately I'm afraid because I've made a mistake at work and I'm unsure, I'm not as confident after taking maturity leave in my job. Mm -hmm. And so I'm afraid I'm gonna get fired. Hmm. So now I can look at that and say, oh, okay. So that objective viewpoint of being afraid makes me realize that I was lying, I've been lying to myself, and I couldn't tell you for how long. Mm -hmm. That I was, that this idea, that and how I approach my job, and how I talk to people about my job, and how it works, while I still may have those ideas, and still may present those things, it, I'm gonna be a little more objective for myself, and remember, other people may know something I don't know. You should always need, you should yeah. always remember that yeah, other people. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I did wrong. Most people probably know lots of things that you don't know. This is a joy about people yeah. is that like people know lots of different things. Yeah. And um, that's something that I that's really hard, but very very valuable advice is that like you know the advice is the advice or the statement is the statement. It's either true or not. It's valid or not. It's useful or not, independent of who is speaking it. Yeah. And this, that's something that is a really challenging concept for most people. It's a challenging concept for me, I know that. Because I'll hear something from somebody, somebody maybe say something to me about this, that, or the other, and I'll be like, oh, fuck them, what do they know? Because, you know, and, and automatically the mind just, well, they don't know about that, they're X, Y, or Z, like how could, you know, how could they possibly?
And the reality is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The advice is either good or it's not. The statement is either true or it's not. Yeah. There could be a, like um, a guy could be falling over drunk on the sidewalk and he could look up at you and go, you have a drinking problem. <laughs> and the, that is true or not independent of how much of a drunk asshole the guy who said it is. And it's very hard for people to see that. Yeah. Let me look something on your phone. What's up? Let me look for something on your phone, please. Yeah. Oh. Let's see here. So you're afraid they're going to fucking fire your ass, well, that's, Bob? You know, that's just... You know, and another thing is I, I just hate... I hate living in fear. I, I... You talk to people all the time and... You know, and they're afraid of something. They're always afraid of something. You know, and sure. you just, sometimes you have to walk them through it. And sometimes they can get there, and sometimes they can't. You know. So, I think. Uh, the bigger thing to this whole like lying self lie or whatever you're saying, like lying to yourself concept, this. Is, it, uh, is the attitude with which you encounter obstacles in your life as yeah. opposed to what you tell yourself about what is or isn't factual about these encounters. Now that may seem counterintuitive and it's not to say that I don't think that like an accurate understanding of an objective reality is important. Yeah. But to use that example, again, if you say at 18, I'm going to be retired at 52. Right. You don't know if that's the case, right? But you can work towards it as a goal. And in working toward any goal, I truly believe that like the your ability to achieve that goal has to do with a few things. One, like how, how much have you educated yourself in the pursuit of the goal? Yeah. Two, how dedicated are you to achieving the goal? Three, and probably most importantly, how good are you at maintaining a positive attitude in light of obstacles in your search for the goal? Yes. Okay. Now, the third one, which I think is the most important one, also precludes at least my belief that in the pursuit of any goal, you will encounter obstacles. Guaranteed. Yeah. Every fucking time. Yeah, exactly. So to say, like, oh, well, you know, because you're here or there, or this other place, now you say you're going to retire at 52, you're lying, this is a lie. I think that this is maybe the wrong way to look at it, at least from my understanding. It's not even important. What's important is, well, I mean, if you're, if you're 51 and a half and you've got like $8 in the bank and you're still telling people you're going to retire at 52, yeah. yes, you're lying to yourself. Yes. This is damaging. This is a problem. Right. But what I'm saying is like, 
maybe you're 35 and you work at Albertsons as and bagging groceries and you're still telling people you're gonna retire at 52. Yeah. Now this might be what they're talking about in the book, but like my point is that like more important than the fact that someone is bagging groceries at 35 and claiming to be able to retire at 52 is the person's attitude. Now, funny thing about it is, I mean, if you work for fucking Winco here in town and bagging groceries, you can retire a fucking millionaire in your 50s. So, one, 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 my, 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 my story's not that great. Uh, it's not a great example. But two, um, I think it's significantly more important the attitude that you have and what you tell yourself when you find yourself bagging groceries at 35. And that's not where you want to be. I mean, if you want to be bagging groceries at 35, and more power to you, that's awesome. I'm not fucking disparaging that. But when you find yourself unemployed living out of your truck at the age of 39 what do you say yeah how do you think how do you feel these are the these are the more important things like i have lived a number of different lives and been quite quite poor and it's not the whatever you want to achieve has significantly more to do with your attitude than it does with quote unquote the facts or whatever is going on around you right, right. now because like whatever's going on around me right now I can change that in the drop of a hat but I know that to be true because I've done it before. Yeah. But for most people, they don't think that way. Most people think that however things are right now, that's pretty much how things are gonna be. Yeah. People get stuck in a real static mindset. Yeah. And they get stuck in, in a, you know, in a mindset of scarcity. Yeah. Can, I, can, I, can I break in No, please, here? yeah. Most people, that's actually, you said most people, and that made me chuckle. There's a band called Dawes. Dawes, Dawes the band. Okay. And D A W E S, and they have this song called "Most People." And here's the here's the core. Here's the here's the. Uh, um, you can't play the, copyrighted material. I'm not going to play anything. I'm going to read a little bit. Oh, okay. Okay. She thinks most people don't talk enough. Most people don't know what it takes for me to get through the day. Most people don't talk enough about the love. And most people don't know. Thank you. Yeah, take care, guys. Take care. Have a good night. I'll read this last sentence. But she doesn't know most people feel the same way. Yeah. So we spend so much time. We can, and I remember hearing that song the first time and realizing, oh, I'm fucking guilty of that shit. Mm -hmm. I think this, and I'm like, you know, most people don't think like most people do think these kind of things. Most people, maybe they're not grateful enough, and they they don't count how you know, blessed or whatever you want to say, lucky there. I don't believe in luck, but so how lucky or how blessed you are, however you want to praise that. Maybe you don't talk about how much love there is in the world because there is 
an overabundance of love in the world. There's an overabundance of hate in the world. And you, if you focus on those things, then you're going to find those. Well, there's all the things. This is yeah. the thing about the world. Thanks. And even this small sliver of the universe that we live in here on planet Earth, you can find all of the things. Right. You can find as, as much hate and anger as you search for, guaranteed you'll find it. I promise. Yeah. I know from experience. As much love and joy and peace as you search for, it's there, you'll find it, I promise. Oh yeah. As much fucking confusion and loneliness as you search for, it's there, you'll find it. As much fucking love and happiness, it's there, you'll find it. Yeah. Whatever you go looking for, whatever you're searching for, you'll find it. Yeah. But don't fucking fool yourself and say, oh, I'm searching for love and peace, when in reality, what you're doing is talking a bunch of negative shit to yourself and dwelling on how alone you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Vinny. You know? I have this vision. This is not... I have this vision, and my second wife used to always tell me, Bob, you carry this bucket of shit around. Like and a, whenever you think you need, you're not sufficiently covered in shit, you stop, put the bucket down, and just take handfuls of shit out and rub it all over yourself. Do you? I used to, sure. But then I realized that, well, my, like I said before, my third marriage actually helped me get out of that. Mm -hmm. Mary made me realize, she helped me see that the value I had in myself was in me. She, she helped, helped you put me, down the shit bucket? She helped me, yeah. She, actually, I threw the shit bucket out. Yeah. So what I realized this week and everything I'm going through and, you know, and the studying I'm doing and the thought, how I'm, my thought processes in these things um, is that, and, and from the book, he, he talks about memories aren't made to destroy your life, basically. I'm, that's what he basically said. He didn't say it that way, but, and then I had this instant vision of this, I got this black bucket in the garage. And I thought I could take that bucket and put a piece of paper on it that says, memories. Right? But before I put that on there, I take white paint and I write, I, I paint the word shit and cover that up. <laughs> that's what we do with our memories. We, we use our memories to douse ourselves in shit. Because oh. we think that our memory, because we think our of our lives as hard. And our life is hard. Life is, as President, George, uh, President, or President Dr. Peterson says, is suffering. And no, I think he wasn't the first person to say that. Well, he wasn't, but I mean, that's, that's something he says constantly. Buddha said it first. Yeah, yeah but the thing is, though, Buddha says, said what? Enlightenment Lightning. is the end of suffering. Hmm. What does that mean? That enlightenment is the end of suffering? Enlightenment is the end of suffering. That means that when you uh, understand the middle way, that when you understand how to um, not see or to control your desire and but and also to treat everybody that you encounter with love the fact that like you're going to encounter suffering mm -hmm. what most people would normally consider suffering isn't going to be suffering well Eckhart Tolle said in his first book I don't remember, remember the name of the book I'm sorry um, but he said basically it suffering it, it, enlightenment is the end of suffering when you realize that life is suffering and you can accept the fact that you're going to suffer. Yeah. I mean, you said it that way. I mean, just a little more direct. 
Mm-hmm. So. Well, yeah, that is, was the idea. It was like, oh, life's suffering. With. You better accept the fact that life is suffering. But the way that I choose to think about it is a little bit. It's practical. For practical purposes, it is the same. Right. It's but multi- yours is multi-dimensional. Mine just has to do with how I want to digest that. Right. Well, I mean, and how I want to digest it is to look at it and go, yes, I could look at life and say all of life is suffering. But what I choose to do is look at suffering and go, you're missing all of the beauty in the suffering. All of life is beautiful. This happens to include suffering. Yeah. You can't know happiness if you don't know sadness. Yeah. Or you can't experience elation if you don't experience well, anger. Just that there's like a like mult that. not even that. Not that you have to experience the one as negative to enjoy the other as positive. I, that's not what I'm saying. Although I do think that that's also a valid point. That's not what I'm trying to communicate. No, okay. no, what right. I'm trying to say is that the suffering part, the sadness part, the fear part, there's beauty there to be found. Yes. But if you're too distracted by the, by, if you're too distracted by your own whining about how miserable it is and how hard your life is, if you're too distracted by, by the pain of the situation, then you, you'll miss it. Yes. You'll miss the, you'll miss the, uh, the, the beauty of that sorrow. And that's, and you know, so yeah, I mean, it's maybe a little bit more flowery way to say it, but it's important for me that I look at it differently. That was beautiful, man. In that way. That was beautiful, man. Oh, that's very sweet of you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not being sarcastic at all. It sounds sarcastic, but that. Thank I agree. you. I agree with Thank that. you. Very well said, very well said. Yeah, I don't, I, I spent most of my life being you know frustrated and despondent and you know you encounter all of these different things all of the suffering in life and um, when you start to to dwell on on that and the pain of it and the anguish of it and uh, you know you feel your soul start to split apart because this is where you're focusing this is where you're focusing your intention this is where your consciousness is focusing and when you start to focus in a particular area you are inadvertently searching for more of that okay like guaranteed life is suffering. Guaranteed you will encounter your fair share or more. But if you're going around always complaining about the suffering, always dwelling on the negative, that is exactly what you'll find and that's exactly what you'll encounter. More and more and more of it. Yeah. Some people call it karma. Some people call it, well, I call it restoration. You put into this world, you get back what you put into this world. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's beyond, it's even actually, I believe it actually transcends reaping what you sow. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you're giving things in life that you didn't necessarily <coughs> work toward. Oh, no. Because you are subject to the consequences of other people's actions. Oh, yeah. So. All the time. Yeah. I mean, 
you can't tell me that like some young Jewish woman who died in a concentration camp, like she wasn't inherently reaping what she sowed. Right. This isn't life. Well, I'm talking about I'm what I'm what I'm talking about is uh, someone who loses a family member to a drunk driver. That's yeah. out of your control. You know, cancer takes. You know, when cancer took my wife, that was something that was and out of my every, control. Everything's out of your control. Well, yeah. I mean, Let's you... be realistic. Yeah, you, you try and fool yourself here in control, and, you, you know, that's picking your battles, right? Nah, it's not even that. What is in control is the attitude that you can encounter yes. things with. Yes. And that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's the main... And that's why I said, like, I, that's why I believe that's so important, is because you, I can't control what I'm going to encounter... I could wake up in the morning and go, my day is going to encompass X, Y, and Z. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. I could walk out my front door and a goddamn fucking plane engine could fall on my head and crush me and kill me. I could pull out of my driveway and get fucking T-boned. I could, any, any number of things can happen. Right. Right? Absolutely. I, a few, a, a minute handful of those things that could possibly happen to me I might have some perceived control over. But for my purposes, it's best to assume that I don't have control right. over them. But what I do have control over is my perception, my attitude, my emotional yes. state, and, and what I bring, right? Yes. And the way that I am in here. And that can change a lot about what happens to you. That can change a lot about your experience because what happens to you the way that we think about that right like what happened today when you want to like break down how the mind actually constructs that you have to be uh, ready to recognize that that your emotional interpretation mm -hmm. of events is the most important part of what's happening. Well, yeah, because that, that determines what is and isn't viewed by you as the truth of what happened today. Everything gets everything, everything, everything gets filtered and and. Uh, translated at least a few times before the mind is able to even put together an idea <laughs> of what the conscious experience is in this moment. Well, you play telephone in your own brain. Absolutely. There's at least four or five fucking telephones just between the uh, sound waves traveling through the ear, hitting my eardrum, and getting translated into words that I can understand every time you speak. Yeah. Now, when you recognize that you're that many levels of translation removed from the intent of a speaker three feet away from you... Put the Rosetta Stone down. You have to be willing to acknowledge that with that sort of... Um, perceptive manipulation of reality 
your emotional state, your emotional understanding, and the attitude that you bring to your life on a daily basis is the most important thing in determining what your reality will actually be. Yeah, I agree with that. You have to have, yeah, attitude is everything. Yeah, but yeah, and you can say it, but I just... And saying that sounds silly, right? Because you're it like, is. I've it's heard that from my grade school teacher like a yeah. hundred times. I know. But like, it's that's the thing about them. platitudes is that they're, well, they started up being a platitude for a reason. Well, it's like saying your face is getting stuck like that. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. Yeah, the, you'd be like, oh, what a stupid thing to say. But, and ultimate, ultimately, you're being a whiny cunt. And that's a technical term. Yeah. Chances are, if you keep being a whiny cunt, eventually your face is going to get fucking stuck like that. Yep. So, you know. Resting bitch face. <laughs> or as I like to say, RBF. <laughs> oh, man. I know. It's funny, dude. I used to have resting bitch face. For real. People all the time used to ask me what, what was wrong or what, what, yeah. what happened or what was it. I just, I'd be like, nothing, nothing. This is just my face. Yeah. That, that was a fucking lie. It was not just my face. It was your attitude. It was my fucking attitude. Yeah. It was my, it was my consistent subconscious attitude. But you know how long it's been since I've had somebody ask me, what's wrong? What are you upset about when I'm not upset? I don't know about the time Nicole came along. It's been years. It's been years. I haven't, I haven't, yeah, dude, I haven't fucking, it just doesn't happen anymore. Well, it's like that guy asked me why I'm always smiling. Yeah. You know, I guess it boils down. I don't want to, why do I, why would I want that? Because I want to feel good. Yeah, I've watched that dude over and over. And the dude is always just glower. He doesn't look happy at all. He just got freaking married. He ran to Vegas or someplace and got married. He should he be ecstatic, he right? He should have a fucking. He should be smiling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He should have just been like loved him enough to say I do. But why aren't you smiling? Yeah, I, I wish I because he caught me off guard uh-huh. because I wasn't. He was. He had this mean look on his face. You know, he had the RBF going on, and and uh, he stopped. Why are you always smiling? And I was like, because I never. You know, I just do. I don't think about it. You know. I don't walk around like, okay, Bob, put that smile on. Time to grin like a dipshit. You know, you gotta, you gotta fake it till you make it. Because I'm not faking until I make it. Even when I'm super pissed, I might look really angry, but at some point I'm gonna say something and I'm gonna laugh and I'm gonna smile. Right. I don't care how fucking angry I am or how livid I'm gonna put my little quotation figures up. Livid I am. You know, I still, I can still smile. You know. I think. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's one of the most important things to be able to laugh at yourself, to be able to smile, to, especially to be able to laugh at those sort of things yeah. like when you're angry. Because yeah. if you can laugh at yourself when you're angry, you can get unangry much quicker. Yeah. Gordon B. Hinckley uh, talked about uh, don't dwell on the storms of life. Uh, uh, keep a twinkle in your eye and, even, and smile even when you don't want to. Yeah. Um, and love life. That's, that's some of the paraphrases of this. It's a two paragraph statement I keep at my desk but um, it's the truth dad used to say that when I was a kid you know when mm-hmm. he was in he was in Amway and he was reading all these self-help books and being all positive and 
Yeah, at some point, a year, I had to roll my eyes one time because I had four young siblings, two little sisters and a little brother. Yeah. And uh, the kids would come and whine about something and dad or mom would say, are you a whiner or are you a winner? And I just <laughs> rolled my eyes. I was like, oh my freaking goodness, what the fuck is this, man? And yeah. <laughs> and then after I was like, thought about it, I was like, like, I don't want to be a whiner. I, I want to be, be a winner. I want to be, I, I don't care about being a winner. I just want to be a fucking whiner. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're like, are those the only two options? <laughs> Could I maybe be, you know, like a happy medium where it's like, I complain about things a little bit, but I'm grateful? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Your, your dad did Amway, huh? Yeah. Oh, fucking Amway. Yeah. He's an Amway. Was that like the first baby. of the Jesus. pyramid schemes, or was that just like the biggest and the most well-known? Well, you've got to remember, a well pyramid known. scheme is something that you give money, or you give money in, no, you don't give money into, but you get money out of. And what you have to put money into. It's a product-based. It's a product-based pyramid marketing system. Yeah, it is a pyramid, but it is that it is not illegal in the fact that the federal government doesn't come in and stomp all over your. Well, no, they won't crap prison. all over it because technically it's you have capitalism. a product. Well, it's capitalism. And technically, you're selling Entrepreneurialism. Things. Yeah, but it's Emily not. Is it's still like out fucking, there. dude. Yeah, it's like fucking Lularoe and all the Lululemon and all that other bullshit. It's like no. No, you don't have a fucking business. You know who has a business? Lululemon. You know who has a business? Fucking Amway. You don't have a business. You're just a, an employee without fucking health benefits. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it that way, but the goal you're is- You're a shitty, you're I a did. shitty cheap employee that doesn't get benefits and that they don't have to pay as well. I did, I did an insurance company. I won't throw the name out there because I, I don't know how they'll react if they hear this. But they're a publicly traded company now. They're out of uh, Georgia. And, and I actually believe really strongly in the company. Sure. Uh, it was life insurance and, and uh, the importance of life insurance. And I will tell you now, if you don't have life insurance, if you can get life insurance, get life insurance. It is, doesn't bring your loved one back, but it can make all the difference in the world when it comes to bills and living and getting through grief. Anyway, so. Yeah, uh, it takes a point. lot of cocaine and hookers sometimes to get over a dead loved one. And, and blow. that shit's not cheap. Hookers and blow. That's like that guy that, that was at the counter filling his ticket uh -huh. and down in Vegas. I think it was in Vegas. And the, the, late, the anchor later asked him, well, what, what, if you win the lottery, what are you going to use it on? And he leans over the mic and goes, hookers and blow. And yeah. she was like, almost <laughs> dropped the fucking mic. <laughs> Perfect, <laughs> so, right? It's like, well, at least he's honest. Mm, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so, but <laughs> that was, that actually, anyway. So I've been, I've been in multi-level marketing businesses myself. Um, but I don't think I want to do those anymore because I've got, I don't know, no, I have the time. You know, you know, you know why you don't, don't want to do this? I feel those? like I have the time. You want to do those if you're like the first 10 people to know about it. Yes. And you think it's a good product. That's yeah. when you want to do that. Other right. than that, fuck that shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I really believed in that company though, but I just didn't have a good upline. But anyway, um, yeah. I mean, you, you, can, you can make it what you want, you know. It's all hard work. It's all hard work. I mean, you work hard. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I'm always tired, but it's mostly from having, like, too much fun. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, it's I mean, tiring. Having I've fun. got proof of your hard work on my arms for crying. Yeah, out that ain't work though. Yeah, it's work like people pay me. Yeah, exactly. It's work like it's really challenging. Yeah. Hey, we need to talk about my chest piece. It's not work. It's not work like because I I really I like it. Right. I I love doing it. It's fun. We need to talk about my chest piece and the skull that goes on my back. Well, let's do it. Let's fucking figure it out. I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna do it right here. No, no, that's fine. I just bring it up. Anywho. Yeah, dude. I, yeah, I mean, honestly, the, the, there's stuff that I do that's work. And every now and then when I'm tattooing, it's work. But normally not. Yeah. Normally when I'm sitting there tattooing, that's like some of my most jealously guarded rest and relaxation time. Okay. Honestly. That makes sense. Like, I do lots of things that are lots of work. But like, you know, drawing and promotions and, um, you know, just literally just like construction and remodeling and building stuff and, um, you know, uh, paperwork and finance crap and loans and moving money around. Lots of stuff that I do is work. But like when I'm actually sitting and tattooing, it's not, it's usually not. I'd say maybe one in 10 times it's, it's work. The other nine times out of 10, it's not work. Yeah. It can be challenging, it can be difficult, I can be intently focused, but it's, it's just one of my most like jealously guarded times to meditate, to fall into something. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense to me, because, um, well, you always have good conversation when you're doing that. And opportunity to maybe listen to something or... Yeah, dude, sometimes just listen to music and not talk for three hours. Yeah. Sometimes just talk, talk, have and have the best conversations ever. Yeah. Either one of those things is great, right? we've done both We've done both. That's my yeah. point. Is it like, but either one is wonderful. Yeah. Either one I really enjoy. I just sitting and just listening to music and just getting in the groove with yeah. something. Well, I mean, there was, the, when you first started tattooing my, my right arm, mm -hmm. you know, the conversation sometimes all was... You know, there was silence except for the sound of the of the gun, the tattoo gun, mm -hmm. and you saying every once in a while, "Don't be a pussy, Bob." Yeah, well, I had to remind you. I had to remind you consistently when we started. I don't have to remind you as much anymore. It this arm, this good. left arm, was so much different. Yeah, and maybe it's because they just knew what to expect. Maybe it's because I don't suck as much at tattooing now. I don't know. There's. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm just fucking teasing. I think uh, I think they're both very very high quality. <sighs> I I just really think as I expect the pain now and it's better. I can manage the pain better. And also, I've my left arm went much better healing wise because I understood better what to do to make sure my arm healed better. How to take care of it? Because yeah. I I suffered a lot in healing with my you know the, the yeah, three the quarter you did yeah and it, it shows in some of the colors yeah dude it's Sorry. you learn you but you learn though like it's just like anything yeah. else that you do in life like as you do it more and more you learn like this is what my body wants right this is what i need in this situation same thing with tattooing yeah i've had i've had some tattoos you like shit do you have stuff covered or you just let them ride oh no i don't give a fuck I got a bunch of crappy tattoos, man. <laughs> That's funny. Actually, my memory from Facebook today was two years ago, starting the left arm and color 
There There's color on the left arm. Starting the color on yeah. it. There you go. So. Shit, Bob. Oh. Well, buddy. Yeah, I'm calling buddy. it. Yeah, we're going to call it. Hope you guys enjoy. Hope you listen and uh, uh, leave a comment. Uh, it's uh, Facebook, on Facebook or, or reach out to me at the email. Uh, it's listed on the website and at Facebook.com. Um, and on Twitter, you can get me at Twitter as well. Um, I'll put links in. Uh, a, I'm going to make a, a, a Facebook Live post be after I post or just before I post yeah. to say where else you can find it. But anyway, I hope you all have a great night. This is Bob. And this is Jordan. And, and this has been uh, Shop Talks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.